0: The Bible, right? Yeah, someone said, Doctor, Dr. Frail? <laughs> no, Ernie. Uh. You know, uh, healthy marriages are a foundation for a healthy society. In fact, a society will falter and it'll fall apart if marriages are not healthy, because God has ordained marriages. Uh, we live in a fallen state where marriages are broken and they're in desperate need of healing. Any of you notice that driving to work? I mean, driving to church, driving to work, driving to church today? Amen? Anyone, don't raise your hand, but anyone have a fight on the way to church? Has anyone ever had a fight on the way leaving church, husband and wife? We need help, amen? We need a savior, Uh, There's no better place to find healing than in God. And someone mentioned that right now, and that's exactly right. But I think it's so vital that we look at the original design of marriage as God has defined it to find healing and clear direction. And how many of us, we desire for our marriages to thrive and to be vibrant. How many of us need healing in our marriages? Well, we have to know what marriage looked like in God's eyes, how he designed marriage. And God gives us a perfect blueprint in, in Genesis chapter 2 that I want us to look at. Um, Max Licato put it, put it really, really nice when he said, God created marriage. No government subcommittee envisioned it. No social organization developed it. Marriage was conceived and it was born in the mind of God. So as we continue this series in Genesis, I want us to go to chapter two, verses eighteen through twenty-five, and uh, I I want us to see how God envisioned marriage. And I've got four words that I am going to use to describe a marriage that is founded on a Genesis chapter two foundation. There's four words that I see, and and here let me say this because there's a lot of us in here that were married, and then there's some of us in here that were not married, and, and, and there's some of us that are desiring marriage, and there's some of us that are probably not desiring marriage. I don't know where you're at. <sighs> Let's be real, amen? <laughs> some of you are married and you say, Why did I do that? But here's the thing that God wants to set us, He wants to set us on, on the right path. He wants to give us the right foundation, He wants to give us the right blueprint, amen? And so here's these four words that I want to talk about as we go through this passage. And the first word that I want to talk about is companionship. Say it with me. Companionship, yeah. You know, the, the passage starts out in verse 18. In the first part of verse 18, it says that the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. It is not good for the man to be alone. Now, Why is that so, so important? Why does it just jump out at us? You know why it jumps out at me? It's the only place in the creation story that God does not look back and say, this is good. All throughout... He created the heavens and the earth. He, he separated the light from the darkness. He, he separated the waters on the, from the, above the sky, from below the sky. And every time he would look back and he'd say, this is good. Then at the, at the, at the very end of, of, of creation, he looks back and he says, this is very Good. But here in chapter 2, we're, we're, we're looking and we're zooming in on the creation story and we see something that is not written in chapter 1 but that helps us to understand how important this is to mankind, how important this is to men and women, how important this is to society. It says, the man, it is not good for him to be alone. And some of you guys are, are thinking... That's not what I was saying this morning. I mean, it would be really good for me to be alone right now. No. It is not good for the man to be alone. You know, uh, it teaches me that we need companionship. It teaches me that Adam needed companionship, and he needed companionship with God primarily we need to have a relationship with God. But here's another thing that you probably never, ever thought about. That God and Adam had a relationship. They were in communion before Eve ever came. So man was not alone. Are you with me? Because sometimes we say to ourselves, all I need is God. I, I'll, well, let me see Sometimes we, sometimes I say to myself, all I need is God. I don't need anyone else. I don't need people. I don't need this. I don't need that. The Bible teaches us not only do we need God, but through His infinite wisdom, we need companionship. Isn't that like over the top amazing? God made us to have love for Him. God made us to receive his love, but God also made us to love others. Our lives will never be completely fulfilled until we can love someone else and we're loved in return. Every time I do a marriage, I say that to, I say, God God has created us to love others and to find love from others. It's easy for us to say, God loves me, because he does. God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that we won't perish but have everlasting life. It's not that easy for us to say others love me. People love me. Amen? Or it's not that easy for us to say I love others or it's easy for us to say it. It's a little bit more difficult for us to walk in it. Amen? How do we know that? We're going to see Genesis chapter 3 and and Eve's going to eat the forbidden fruit and 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 she's going to say Adam do you want Adam do you want some of this? And Adam the strong guy that he was is Sure. And you know dudes that you guys do the same thing. But we find right there that 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 in this that that Adam he uh, he 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 needed he needed to find love he he wanted to find love and, and, and all these these different things and that the enemy comes in and, and and the first thing that Adam does whenever Eve has him eat the fruit so he says because he had a free will and that free will is so important to us every one of us freely came to church today. Some of you, your wives said we're going. But most of you said, we're going. But what first thing that Adam did whenever Eve ate the fruit, and he ate the fruit, is he said, she made me do it. We're going to see that in chapter 3. What I want to talk to you about is that when we love others and we choose to, 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 to give love, that sometimes we blame everybody for things that are happening to us. Amen? Mike Sloan said, amen, real soft, amen, amen, but I know it's a big amen for you, bro. What I see from, from, from this first part is that we absolutely, positively need companionship. Loneliness does great harm to individuals. God never created us to be lonely. Loneliness leads to depression. You ever been depressed? In a lonely state? Some people feel like committing suicide in their loneliness. In fact, there's, some, there's someone here today that, that you, there may be people around you, but you feel Lonely. You feel there's no one around or no one cares. You know, the devil, and we're going to find him in chapter 3, he plays havoc in people. He will put thoughts in your mind. No one cares about you. You see how God said it is not good for a man to be alone because a woman was going to be so much help to Adam. Because when the devil came and tried to destroy his life... God said, I have someone. Not only am I going to have your back, but I have someone else that is going to have your back. Here's what I know for sure. When everyone is against me, God has my back, and I've got someone else that loves me despite everything else, and that's Shauna Reese. Man, that's all she got? Sheesh. Boy, you guys are giving her some love, huh? So, so here's the reality is that God knows that loneliness will drive us to a place that's not good. It is not good for the man to be alone. Marriage between a man and a woman is the greatest expression of companionship created by God. I've got, I've got wonderful friends. I've got people that I, that I really love. But I don't know anyone like I know Shauna. And Shauna doesn't know anyone like she knows James. We're in this covenant relationship. Marriage is a wonderful, 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 wonderful covenant. That's why the devil is trying to destroy our society by hindering marriage. The devil, Diabolos, that's the word, Diabolos in the original language is one who comes in, penetrates, and separates. So this marriage covenant that we have, this great relationship that we have, is supposed to help society thrive. And whenever you don't have God in your life, whenever you don't have that special person, and here's the thing, if God has called you to be single, that's a wonderful gift too, but I'm talking about marriage today. Are you with me? Without marriage, or without Bible-based marriage, a society will be destroyed. Marriage is so important to God. Let me tell you why. Because the the, the God's idea of marriage expands from companionship to community. Shauna and I, we expanded this 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 uh, world. We made it a bigger place by producing three children. And now my daughter has produced a beautiful. Have I told you that he's beautiful? Young man? Awesome. Stephen. <laughs> and so marriage, marriage produces community. The, the, the marriage covenant expands society. Are you with me? That's why it's so important to God. Second thing that's, the that, 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 uh, second word that's important is compliment. Compliment. The Bible puts it like this, I will make a helper. Remember, he said, it is not good for the man to be alone. And then, and then he goes on, he says, I will make him a helper suitable for him. The message Bible says, a helper who it will be his companion, a helper that is suitable for him. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals, all the birds of the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, there was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. Let's, let's go back. Let's visit what's going on right here. Adam is formed out of the ground. Every animal was formed out of the ground. And God breathed life into Adam. He gave divine life. You are made in my likeness. And to the animals, he gave life. And, and, and he said, okay, now I want you to parade animals. I want you to parade. Get in a single file. Both of you, male and female, and go before Adam. So Adam says, you look like a monkey. We're going to call you a monkey. You look like a frog. Hop your way over there. You look like a cricket because you go chirp, 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 chirp. Cricket your way down there. All these different things. And as Adam is naming every single creature, that must have been a long process. But the Bible says, Adam said, these these things are not compatible with me. And God said, it's not good. I'm going to make something much better. I'm going to make something that's going to be suitable for you. Notice this. When he said, I'm going to make a helper that's suitable for you, notice that as we look at the rest of the story, that he didn't take a bone from Adam's head because he did not want the woman to be over him. Notice that God did not take a bone from Adam's foot because he did not want for Adam to walk all over her, but he took a bone from Adam's side, a bone that was going to be close to his heart, a, bone that, 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 a, a part of the body that says, she's going to be right by my side, she is going to have equal access to God. Let me tell you something, women, you are very special to God. Not only did he not only did he do that, but think about how God is so infinitely wise and out and, of and Adam he took him out of the dirt, and how did he take Eve? Did he, he could, God could have very easily taken the dirt and said, "I'm going to make you this, this wonderful, wonderful, you 're going to love her, you 're going to love what i 'm making." but God said, i 'm going to take her out of you, Adam." Everything else. He took it out of nothing that was alive. Eve is the only created being that was taken out of a living person ain 't that huge? and as he took that rib and he began to fashion the Bible says that he fashioned eve he no wonder women like fashion fashion magazines I get it i didn't get it, but I get it now because God fashioned eve and he and he And she came out, you know. Right? No, I don't don't know if that's how she walked, but I'm I'm just saying. And Adam went, hey, whoa, man, woman. And so I don't know how it happened. But check this out. Those things are important that I just said right now. But he said, not only is she going to be your companion, but she's going to be your helper. And the Greek, I mean, the the Hebrew word, the original word is eser. She's going to be an eser to you. That word is so important because that word is used about God and how he is a helper to his people. The psalmist put it like this. May the Lord answer you when you are in distress. May the name of Jacob May the name of God of the God of Jacob protect you. May He send help from the sanctuary and grant you support from Zion. May He help you. The word there is "eser." And as God helps His people, that's exactly what God had in mind for a wife. That the wife would be a helper, not a helper like you know. What can I do for you? Like you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna vacuum, which that's a good thing. But men can vacuum too but that he's gonna, she's going to be just like a, a, a reference to a, a, a little God that's going to be there and say, I will protect you, I will stand with you, and we're going to get through this. Why does the devil, the flesh, and the world work so hard to destroy marriages? Because a wife is so important to the husband. Wives, you are very very, very important to God. Another, t- another place, Moses, in Exodus 18, he said, My father's God was my helper. He saved me from the sword of Pharaoh. When it says God was my helper, same word, eser. So the cre- in the creation account, God puts a great emphasis on the role of the woman he would fashion and create. Adam would never have been able to complete the God-given mandate without the help of Eve. When God said, now think about it, beloved, because this is hitting us right now in today's society. When God told Adam, go and multiply the earth, God would never have been able to multiply the earth without this special creation that he was going to make. The elephant was not going to suffice. The donkey was not going to suffice. The monkey is not going to suffice. He needed someone that would be in his likeness, bone of my bones, and flesh of my flesh. And with that, not only were they going to create other human beings, but they were going to populate society, and they were going to be able to give the love of God to their children, just like we are able to give the love of God to our children and our families. We were, we were doing praise and worship, and I was just looking at everybody and saw some of the kids and, and some of you praising and worshiping, and some of the kids were doing their thing, and, and I said to myself, and I said to the Lord, "Thank you, Lord, that those children are here. Even if they're being traviesos right now. <laughs> Translation, brats, Even if they're not behaving right now, huh? D- do children always behave? Do adults always behave? Thank you. And so in, in, this, in this great thing, it says that, that we, we, we need children. We, without Eve, Adam would never have been able to do what God called him to do. And not only that, beloved, not only that, what I have found out about the great, wonderful thing about marriage is that not only do I am I able to do the things that God has called me to do, but I'm able to enjoy doing the things that God has called me to do because I have a wife that I can share the memories with, amen? And you know what? Now that we have grandchildren, we can share the grandchildren. And if the Lord gives me life and that Stephen little boy, I can't even think about it, but one of these days, he may, have, he may have get a wife and have children. I'll have great-grandchildren and I'll enjoy every little step of that. Are you with me? It is good for God to bring us a wife. It is good for a wife to find a husband. Amen. Every animal was brought before Adam so that he could name them. Every animal, but also in that and I said this I'm going to just kind of reemphasize that he was able to see these are not like me. And the awesome thing about this is when God says, I am going to, it's not good for him to be alone. I'm going to make someone like him. God does surgery on the man. And he does, this is like huge he puts him to sleep, and we're going to read that right now. He puts him to sleep so that Adam is, he doesn't know what's going to happen. He, all he knows is he's going to wake up, and when he wakes up, he's, he didn't know this, but he went, whoo will not? <laughs> Think about how big this is. It's wonderful, and it's huge how amazing our God is. One more thing before I go on to the third word. Notice that God told Adam to subdue all the animals and to lord over them, but that was never the case for the woman. God never told Adam in this creation account, I want you to lord over your wife. He said, she's going to be your helper. You appreciate her. You love her. You treat her like if she came from you. And he said, bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh, she will be called woman because she came out of man. Very, 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 very special is a woman of God. Don't ever let yourself think that you're not special. You sitting in the back, woman of God, you are very special. You sitting in the middle, woman of God, you are very special. Every society that does not have God will treat women like second-class citizens. Just look around. But that's not God's intent God's intent is for women to be treated very, very specially. Amen? The third thing that's important is contrast. Contrast. That means there's differences. The Bible says, So the Lord God caused a man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs, and then he closed up the place of the flesh. That's why Jesus is called the great physician, because he does great surgery. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib and, and that he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. Now, th- think about it. God, when he, when he created... This is very important, beloved. When he created the, uh, this, wo- this new creation, it's, she is a woman, now, when the devil comes in, he wants to distort everything that God has done that's good. And so we see now that men, you know, the, the distortion is that men think that they're women and women think that they're men. That's a distortion from, from God's creation. And how do I know that? Because the Bible helps us to see that. Are you with me? I hope you see me. I hope you see that. Though Eve was taken from Adam there were, and there were similarities... The, the Bible goes on to say in, 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 in 127 of Genesis, God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. Both men and women are created in God's image with the ability to reign over his creation. In other words, how do I know that? Because I see Rosetta, she's got this little dog, she's all crazy about it. Moses, and, come on Moses, come on. And she's walking in yesterday over here to the grass and then they do tricks. The dog's not making her do tricks. Well, maybe sometimes the dog make Paul do tricks. I don't know about that. But, but, but really, women and men have the ability to lord over animals. Have you noticed that? So it, women have the same ability to do that, but there are, also, there are also big differences. God created them with major differences. And here are some of the differences, physical differences. I don't know if you've noticed this, but when you look at a woman and you look at a man, there's differences. Have you noticed? I heard, I heard in California that, I just heard this, that they're starting to have uh, uh, bathrooms where both little boys and little girls can go to the same bathroom. They're different. A girl cannot sit on a urinal. It doesn't work. Some of you girls, I, I don't even know what a urinal is. What is that? There's, there's, there's emotional differences between a man and a woman. There's psychological differences. And what Genesis reveals is this is all God's design. God's design is He made us different. So I did some research, so you guys won't think, well, I'm pastor just saying this because he read it in the Bible. But I did some research, and, and here are some of the physical differences, okay? physical differences. Men are 50% stronger than women in brute strength. In brute strength, okay? Women are stronger in a lot of different ways. Men have a higher incidence of death from almost every disease except for three. There's three where women have a higher uh, incident of death, and that's benign tumors, disorders related to female reproduction, I don't, I don't think I have to worry about that one right there. And breast cancer. That's, those are facts right there. The next one, the sexes differ in skeletal structure. Women having a shorter head. Can I look at the women, please? Right? A shorter head um, and broader face, less protruding chin. I always notice that my chin is a lot longer than Shauna's shorter legs, and a longer trunk. The the first finger of a woman's hand is usually longer than the third. With men, the reverse is true, and that is true because my third finger is longer than my first finger. I'm surprised that some of you are not looking at your hands. (laughs) But you're looking at other people's hands. So that's a fact right there. Women have three very important uh, physiological functions totally absent in men. In other words, women have men- 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 menstruation, menstruation, menstrual stuff. I don't even want to say it. Hi, yi. yeah.) But I know that when that happens, you have to be very careful as a man. You have to walk. <laughs> Amen? So women have three very, okay, menstruation, uh, pregnancy. They have totally absent from, from men. I, last time I saw a man carrying the baby, I, I haven't seen it. And then lactation or lac- lactitation. lactation. Lactation. Now, I had to study what that was, because some of these words, I don't know. That's producing milk. For you men that are lost, you're not alone. And so there's major physical differences there. We we men, we we don't deal with that. Now, do you understand that God created it like this? I got a phone call from my daughter yesterday, and she said, Dad, you know, I, I mean, how's the baby doing? And she said, good, good. And how are things going with, with, uh, with, with uh, you and Ralph? And good, good. And she said, but the baby is very, very attached to me and not as attached to Ralph. Well, there's a reason for that. <laughs> it's called lactation. <laughs> Ralph... Cannot produce milk. So Stephen's like, I don't want anything to do with you, daddy, mama. Okay? Okay, where am I? Each of these mechanisms influences behavior and feelings significantly. I mean, think about it. Husbands, when you're talking to your wives, you better appreciate her in a great way. Shauna, forgive me. When I don't appreciate you, babe, you've got three things there that are biggies. Female hormonal patterns are more complex and varied. And there's a lot about females here. The glands work differently in the two sexes. For example, a woman's thyroid is larger and more active. It enlarges during mes- menstruation and pregnancy, which makes her more prone to goiter. I remember my mom had a goiter, goiter thing, issue. I remember she was talking about goiter. I thought, it, I didn't know what a goiter was. Now I know. It provides resistance to cold and is associated with smooth skin, relatively hairless body and the thin layer of sub who big word fat <laughs> if it's that big i mean you figure it out subcutaneous <laughs> fat that are important elements in the concept of personal beauty and you know that women are more beautiful than men amen Ernie, you don't even say anything. God blessed you with Abby, let me just say that. Um, Women are also more responsive emotionally, laughing and crying more readily. Unless you're Benny Silva. He cries pretty readily. Women's hearts beat more rapidly than those of men, 80 versus 72 beats per minute. How many of you knew that? Their blood pressure, 10 points lower than men. Well, that makes a lot of sense because have you noticed that when you tell your mom something, she's real. I, I, I would rather talk to my mom growing up than my dad because her blood pressure was a little bit lower. And she would say, Wait till your father gets home. And I'm like, right? but they have much less tendency to high blood pressure at least until after menopause. Interesting. I got that from Focus on the Family, and they're pretty legit. There's emotional differences as well, okay? For example, men need respect. It will trouble our emotions if we are not respected. Dude, you, you, you better respect me, homie. I see you looking at me, Mike. In fact, the Bible says, wives understand and support your husbands in ways that show your support for Christ. Now, the awesome thing about marriage, and this is how special it is, is that God, he, he parallels marriage between a husband and a, and a wife to the relationship between Christ and the church. And he says, the way the church doesn't tell Christ what to do, women, you need to respect your husbands and help them in what they're doing. Can I tell you, I, I get real irritable when I don't feel respected. Anyone ever notice that? And if, if I'm in a place that, you know, if I, if I feel that Shauna is undermining me, which it doesn't usually happen, Maybe twice a month. You know. <laughs> um, or even Janet. If, if I feel that, you know, Janet's the, the administrator. If I feel threatened of my machismo, I, I, there's something that happens because men need respect. So, so my wife, when she comes alongside and she respects her husband, it does a lot of good. Amen? Amen? Why? Because men need respect. Why do you th- why do you think that sitcoms they come at the integrity of men and they make men look like fools and they make men look like they don't have a backbone. Because that's what society and the devil wants to do. Men should be walking strong and they should be they should be leading spiritually, emotionally and phys- in all kinds of different areas in their home. Amen. Women, what do they need emotionally? They need love. Women need love. Women, they, respect is important, and you should respect uh, your wife, but your wife doesn't need respect. She wants respect. A woman, a wife, needs love. She needs to know there's no one else. You're not going to look at anyone else. Your, your eyes are for her. That she's beautiful. That she's that, and she needs to be touched. She needs to be held. She needs to be hugged. You don't hug me and you don't hug me anymore. <laughs> they need to be hugged. They need to be. Sean, I need to hug you more. The Bible puts it like this: Husbands, go all out. In your love for your wives. Go all out. Exactly as Christ did for the church. A love that's marked by giving, not getting. You see, when the devil comes in and distorts, the man says, what what have you done for me lately? Right? That's not how it is biblically. Biblically, it says, I'm going to do for my wife. I'm going to give to her. Boy, the Lord's just speaking to me right now. Christ's love makes the church whole. Have you ever noticed that, beloved? We're here in this service, and, and the church is in a building. The church are God's people, but it's his love that has changed us. He loves us despite ourselves. It makes the church whole. His words evoke her beauty. Everything, and that's, hold on to that because you're the church, you're the bride of Christ. God is never gonna tell you you're ugly. God is never gonna tell you you're a loser. God is never gonna tell you you're not gonna make it. Christ is saying, yes, I came and I conquered death for you. I conquered sin. I took away your unrighteousness and I gave you my righteousness. He gives and takes away, he he gives us righteousness and he takes our unrighteousness. He gives us forgiveness and he takes away our sin. He gives us love and takes away hate. And that's what I should be doing with my wife. I should be giving, investing, and loving. i got a lot of work to do. (laughs) Everything he does and says is designed to bring the best out of her. And that's how husbands ought to love their wives. I, I read this and I, I, was, I was doing research and I went through to a site, it was uh, Psychology Today, and I wanted, this is not even a Christian quote right here, I wanted us to see what is, how does the world look at this and the differences between a man and a woman because... In the world, it is, it, it got to the place, as they say, men and women are equal in everything. But now I'm reading psychologists and they say that doesn't make any sense. We're not equal in everything. Men are, men are different. Women are different. Emotionally. And, and this is what this psychologist said. Her name is Tamara McClintock from, uh, Greenberg. And she said, a woman complains that her husband does not listen. Why are we laughing? <laughs> women often complain that a male counterpart wants to provide advice when she talks about a problem. Right? Why? Because men fix things, right? And women, you, you, wives, they'll tell us this and this and this. But I have come to find out after 28 years of marriage that my wife does not want me to tell her how to fix the issue. She wants for me to listen. Amen. Amen? The men didn't say anything. That's exactly what this psychologist is saying. The the men want to fix the problem because a man offers advice does not mean that he does not care. So here's this psychologist, uh, psychiatrist saying, let's take a look at it. If a man offers advice, it doesn't mean that he doesn't care. A man offering pragmatic sensibilities seems to be evidence that he is listening. Men are going, yeah, yeah. We don't need to go thirty minutes. We don't got to go forty-five minutes on this discourse. We can make it ten, and I can turn on ESPN and watch the ball game, right? And the women, what are you talking about, pastor? Right? Because men, we just say, "Well, let's just do this and do this and do this," and but we are listening. Amen. We just want to fix it. Men and women even pack differently. You see, when women pack, they start a month early. They make a ton of lists packing for yourself and all the kids. They worry about what you forgot, they don't sleep at night. They stage things. In other words, they go, now we're going to do this and we're going to do this. And we go to Disneyland, we're going to stand in line. We need this, we need this, we this. <laughs> they plan activities for the kids as they're packing, and they fit it all in the bags. And they remember all of the random items. My wife will say, what's the, what's the size of the, what well, we can take on the airplane? Well, what are the size of the little packages we can take? And she's thinking and doing all these things. But when men pack, it's five minutes before departure. <laughs> and it's done. <laughs> Amen? So women and men are different. There's a contrast. It teaches us that males are created male and females are created female. There's a God-ordained contrast in each of us. God made us that way. He did not want males to be with males. He did not want females to be with females in a a long-lasting relationship. It is between a woman and a man, and their differences are like a battery. There's a plus, there's a minus, and together there's a charge. Are you with me? But what is happening in this world around us is the distortion that the devil is bringing, and male is with male, and female is with female, and they're redefining marriage a man's way, not God's way. Now, beloved, logic... Logic tells us there's a difference between a man and a woman and you can never procreate with two men. You can never procreate with two women unless you do something that is not normal. And so we've got to look at what God says And we've got to let the Lord, by the power of his Holy Spirit, lead us and direct us and become beacons of light and hope to a world that is dark and dying. And let me tell you something, beloved, 20 years ago, I had no idea what this was because I was not saved. Are you with me? But when God comes into our lives and He changes us, you understand that there is a major difference between a man and a woman, and God made it that way. The last point, the last word commitment. Commitment. The man said, This is now bone of my bones, and this is flesh of my flesh. She shall be.